there, wildling. Welcome to the Tea and Tombstones podcast. Here, we discuss topics in relation to the wild spirit, and we are rewriting the themes of wellness to include the spectrum of hallowed ground we claim within ourselves and the haunted ground we conquer with reverence and honor. My name is Ashley, the creator and wolf child of Tea and Tombstones. With tarot cards in my hands and a howl in my throat, I welcome you here. Hello there, my dear spirit, my dear wild one, wherever you are at today and as we move throughout the end of this month, I hope that you are well, that you have found some spaces to move into the liminal, bring the wholeness of yourself and old chapters that are no longer serving you. Today, I want to have a little fun with you and well, I should say this because I always want all of my podcast episodes to be fun. I want the conversation to be more personal this time. I try to make my podcast episodes just jam-packed full of information, of invitations, of considerations, reflections, all of these good things, so that as you are working with the podcast episode, you have so much meat on the bone, if you will, to take, to use in your own life, in your own time. I really do like to see the monthly forecast as a collective reading, but also a very personal reading. And each person is going to take those energies and work with them as they want and need in their own life. So I always try to make the episodes just full of things for you to take and to use. But today, I thought it would be fun. I'm just playing around with some of the details of the podcast to do a more personal episode, but also still very fun. And I also try to keep this one shorter. So today, I want to talk to you about my five favorite tarot cards. As always, every single card is a good one. I'm going to say that till I'm blue in the face. But these are the cards that when they come forward, I just feel so in connection to them. I feel so seen. I feel so grateful. These are cards that definitely speak to me in a more deeper and a personal way than some of the other ones do. Some of these cards are evergreen favorites, meaning that they have been a favorite for a long, long time and they will probably always be a favorite of mine. And then others are favorites that are just hitting me in a different way at this time in my life. So they're a favorite for right now because they're just really calling me in and up and out to what I'm in connection with in my personal life, in my professional life, in my external and in my internal life. These are the cards that are really coming through and making me come home to myself. So yeah, I thought that would be a fun little conversation to have today. I would love to know your favorite tarot cards if you have any. So grab your tea or whatever you are sipping on and have a conversation with me. I am drinking coffee because it is freezing outside, it is cold, and it is 8.30 in the morning. So grab your tea or whatever you are sipping on and let's start talking about my five favorite tarot cards. So my first favorite tarot card, and this may be my all-time favorite, if I could only have one tarot card to work with for the rest of my life, it may be this one, and that is The Magician. I would say one of the biggest reasons why The Magician was and is my favorite tarot card, perhaps of all time, of all the cards, is because it made me change the way I see the world. Because The Magician asks us to connect into our own magic and then connect that into the magic that is all around us at all times. Even in the mundane, even in the midst of hardships and 
very hard things to overcome, to move through, there is magic in everything. There is science in everything. There is room for both in everything. And because there is room for both, at any given time, we can tap into our innate magic that is within us and the innate magic that is in the situation that holds us, is around us, that is supporting us. There is magic in that and we can tap into that. It is innate, it is just there. I feel like this is fully supported or maybe this is where I kind of made this connection from the Wild Unknown deck, which is the deck that I learned on. And the Magician in this deck, I mean every image that Kim Kranz creates is just stunning. But here in this image from this deck, we have the Magician as a beautiful leopard. There's this bright, bright sun or this bright light just radiating out behind, shining and illuminating on everything in front of the leopard. He's got the four tarot suit items, like the sword, the pentacle. He's got his little paws on the pentacle, it's so adorable. And he's looking off to the right, looking off into the future. This makes me think of the quote, a leopard cannot change his spots. And we see the infinity symbol in the spots of the leopard. And the quote, a leopard cannot change its spots, means that there are certain things about us that are just there, that they are a part of us and that we cannot change them. And to me, I think that goes into what the magician speaks to is that we are all made of magic. We are all made of matter and science and physical substance, but we are also all magical. You have magic in you, I have magic in me, and there is magic in everything around us. And because that is so innate, it cannot be changed. When the magician comes forward, it's saying to tap into that, to make space for that, to create room for that connection, and to see how that blooms this wild ecology between self and everything around in this co-creation of magic and of science. And that's what made me change the way I see the world, because when I came to tarot, I was so disconnected from my body and even more so from my spirit. I was not making room for any part of myself to be seen, to have intimate uh, cooperation and conversations with myself. I wasn't talking to those parts of myself. This was the one that kept coming forward and it just kept telling me to start to see the magic in it, start to see the magic in what is around me. And that made me believe that the magic was there and it's always been there and I just wasn't looking. And finally, one of the last things that I love about The Magician is how it also invites us to not only become more aware to the magic within and around, but it asks us to become more aware to the magic that is on, but it also asks us to become aware to where the magic within is more wild, is more primal, and maybe where it's more sophisticated, maybe it's more refined, more polished, and making room for both of those. Neither is better than or less than. It's all about connecting in to the energy at the time that is going to be of the most service for our future endeavors, for our future movements. There is so much more that I could say about the magician, but moving on, my next favorite tarot card is the moon. The moon is one of my favorites probably because it has taken me some of the most work to really get an awareness of how I personally connect to this card. No guidebook, no invitations, no keywords from other people, but what the moon and I have to say to each other. And what we have to say to each other is this. Similar to the magician, the moon card is one that comes forward and invites this awareness or this awakening to the magic within and around, but the moon 
asks it to be taken further. It asks for pause and reflection, but it also asks for action. The moon is this mediator between the absence of light, the void of light, and the bright light of the sun. It is this mediating force between those, and it is there that we find the edge of ourselves. We find ways, or we are being invited to find ways to come into our intuition, to come into mind, body, spirit. And that culminates in the wild reclaiming energies. The way that I teach wild reclamation is based on three key tenets, sovereignty, evolution, and being perfectly imperfect. And I think this is where, at least in the moon card, I think this is where we see a lot of those energies start to come through and come forward. When we are tapping into intuition, when we're tapping into magic, when we are creating space for both pause, reflection, and action, and um, moving, and, and rising up in ourselves, that is where I think we start to really feel a lot of these energies of wild reclaiming come forward. Because we're rising up into ourselves, we're rising up into our power, and we're also being able to connect to cyclic energies, to gravitational energies that the moon brings. One of the final reasons why I just love the moon so much, and it's one of my favorite tarot cards, is because as we were talking about before, about having this invitation for both pause, reflection, and action, and rising up in ourselves, and our magic, our intuition to all that is around us, those gravitational, those cyclic energies, the moon also has this invitation of both clarity and of getting lost in the the illusion, the fantasy of the energies around us. The moon asks us to get clear and to get clarity in the situation, but it also invites us and says that it is okay to get lost in the liminal, in the space between dark and light, dreaming and waking. That when we are coming into the space of the moon, we are coming into a space where we are emerging and growing awareness in a space of consciousness and of spirit and of intuition that we may not even know at the time. We may not even know that we're getting clarity on it. We may feel like we're just completely lost in the delusions, the fantasies, the shapes that aren't there, the shadows on the wall, and yet they all have this ability to bring us more into the evolutionary journey of ourselves. They also have the ability to bring us into this space of when we come out on the other side and we go past that edge, we are more in awareness and more in connection to our magic, to our intuition, to that space within us that is felt, again, palpable, felt but not seen. And we have this connection to the wild and the sophisticated. We have this connection to intuition and instinct and to unconscious and conscious um, awareness and awakenings. So the moon gives us so, so much to work with. We are dancing and we're standing still. We're in the light and in the dark. We are in the space of dreams and of waking. There is so much spectrum energy that happens with the moon card. And that's why it's one of my favorites because in working with it, there is just so much meat on the bone. There is so much to pick off and chew on and really sit with and ruminate for both our physical selves, our magical selves. And the moon is one of my favorites because when I work with it, I just feel like this is one of the cards that in many, many ways connects me to my magic and my spellcraft. It connects me to my intuition more than other cards. It's challenging. It's not an easy card to work with. It is so enigmatic. It is so ethereal. 
the minute that you want to define the moon, it transcends the definition. So it's not an easy card, but that's kind of the point because connecting to intuition and magic and spirit and all of these things, they're not easy either. Moving on from the Major Arcana, my favorite court card is the Sun or the Knight of Pentacles. I love this card. I cannot help but love this card. Again, the image that Kim Kranz gives us is just so beautiful. And to be clear, I'm not saying that these are my favorite cards because of the imagery. These are my favorite cards across any deck. Obviously, this is the deck that has been with me the longest because it's the one I learned on. So I'm just using this deck, but it's not fully in relation to the images. But the image that Kim Kranz gives us is this young buck, this young stag. He's not that strong governing force like the mature bucks around him yet he's still learning he's still growing we have this dark background which I think kind of symbolizes um, or is symbolic of the unknown the young this young buck doesn't know if he's ever gonna evolve and become that strong fierce governing force that we see with the really big bucks in the forest I think this also symbolizes an element of growing pains and that's one of the reasons that I love this card is that the growing pains are their own teacher the growing pains and the unknown teach us how to have a sure-footed step. They teach us how to come into the power of place and to use the power of place to deepen our awareness, our truth, our wisdom. But they also teach us how with a sure-footed step and a commitment to the path, we can go through the growing pains. We can go through the unknown. We can go through the hurdles. We also see in this image above the buck a sun or a crescent moon with the pentacle inside of it. And I think that this symbolizes that both masculine and feminine energies are needed in pursuit of this purpose, of pursuit of this journey. That we need to be willing to lean into the strength of the physical, to the strength of our gifts, our skills, and our physical selves. But we also need to move with the power and strength of the psyche, of that culminated awareness and wisdom with the ability to move through the ebbs and the tides and use that as a way to learn to grow and to rise up into our power, to rise up into our strength. And that will allow us to move more fully in our physical selves in a way that is more in alignment with our values and our choices and what we want in this world, what we dream of in this world. So yeah, the Sun of Pentacles is one of my favorites because it speaks to having a sure-footed step. And that sure-footed step takes time. All of the knights are the movers and the shakers, but the son of pentacles is the one that says take time and take care to make sure that the foot that you're putting down, the step that you're putting down in this journey is rooted, is grounded, is centered into how you want to move in alignment with your values, your choices, your intuition, and also how you're moving through the unknowns, the growing pains, the ebbs and the tides and the cycles that are present, that are always with you in some form in some fashion the son of pentacles the knight of pentacles is one of my favorites because it's a beautiful reminder that the journey takes time but it is also a beautiful reminder that the journey itself is part of why we're here it's part of our evolving spirit and when we lean into the journey to the ebbs the tides the unknowns the growing pains when we lean into all of that and that is what allows us to connect more deeply to our truth we are not only more centered in ourselves, we are more able to honor the place the land everything that is enabling us to move in this way and in this time we're able to honor ancestors and everything that has come before and that is what allows us to rise to grow and to become that which we dream of to manifest and to become what we are meant to be
the stag is meant to become that forceful, evolutionary, powerful, and strong uh, governor, influencer of the forest, the one that influences the lineage and the lines that come after him. That is what the stag is meant to be. And by leaning into these energies, he will get there. And that is just a beautiful reminder, one of my favorites, that the things that we want, the things that we are meant to be, take time, take work, but we will get there with each sure-footed step. Moving on to the Minor Arcana, one of my favorites is the Four of Swords. And the Four of Swords is, I believe, where we start to connect to that sacred center of truth, of intuition, of psyche, and of awareness. And when we start to do that, we're allowing those internal and external messages all around us to come into that sacred center and almost like a flowing river carve the landscape of ourselves. We start to realize here in the Four of Swords how we are destined not only for greatness, but we are destined to, to speak on and to live our values, our truths, our philosophies, and our wisdoms. That if we just have them inside of us and we don't act on them, we don't use them, we don't honor them. But if we don't take the time to connect to them, then we're not really connected to a centered sacred space. I believe that the Four of Swords is a very powerful card because when we take time to receive those internal and external messages, just like drip by drip water carves through rock, it is the same for us that the more we tap into those messages and create time to connect to that dripping flowing force that softens something as hard as rock, we can start to really carve and create that landscape. And that is why it's one of my favorites. Whenever it comes forward, I just love this reminder and this invitation to connect to the sacred center within, to connect to my truth, to my values, to my wisdom and my philosophies in a way that softens me, but also creates that resolve in me that each choice, each word I speak, each action I direct from that space of truth is going to create the landscape of this journey, this part of my life, this situation, this moment, and to be mindful of that and to use that as a way to connect into my intuition and to be reminded that my truth has power, my truth has strength. And when my strength, when my truth, when my power, my resolve, and that softness of wisdom and my philosophy and my choices are all interconnected, it creates a ripple effect in the surrounding energies and physical spaces around me. And that is what helps me to continue to connect to that sacred center within. I like to think of this card in some ways as in connection to what happened when the wolves were reintroduced into Yellowstone and some of the consequences and some of the after math and the effects of that they didn't even foresee some of the things uh, returning to this landscape that had been long gone or very heavily diluted from the space like beavers different types of trees different types of birds the very shoreline of the rivers themselves actually grew stronger I think that in some ways that is in connection to the Four of Swords, then when we make these choices from that sacred center within, from that interconnected space, the effects of the consequences of the choices and actions that we make are real. And when we make them from that interconnected and sacred space, we will see things and things will come through and come forward that we didn't even think of, that we didn't even know. And so that's why it's one of my favorite cards is to be reminded that we don't have the full picture at all times. We have our intuition to guide us. We have that sacred center within, and that is what allows us to help carve out the landscape around and within us. 
But when we make these choices from a soft, sacred center, from a strong center, the aftermath is going to help create and reinforce that interconnectedness even more. So the last card that I want to mention is the Seven of Cups. This is a card that gets such a bad rap and honestly, I do not know why. I love this card. I love the shit out of this card actually because to me, this is the card that really connects me into my glamour magic practice. And if you know me at all, you know that that is such an important practice that I have. And I try to make space and time for it wherever and however I can because my glam magic practice is an intentional claiming of myself of how I want to be seen and shown and show up in this world. It is how I want to be received by the world. It is the energies I want to put forward and I do that with intention. One of the reasons why I love this card so much and why I feel it connects me so much to my magic and my glam magic practice is from this article that I will have linked. I actually used this article in the episode on the intentional landscape of glamour magic but they were interviewing the amazing Gabriella Herstic and she said that while spirituality has the ability to transform us from the inside out, glamour magic has the ability to transform us from the outside in. And I couldn't agree more. And I think that's what we're seeing here with the Seven of Cups. What's seen as deception, illusion, fraud, fantastical, mysterious, mythical, I see that as an ability to transform us from the outside in. And when we connect to those energies, the fantastical energies, the energies of dream, of illusion, of myth, of fantasy, of fiction, when we tap into those energies, we are being transformed from the outside in. And I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, I think this also connects to the ability to have um, a strong imagination, which also cultivates a strong intuition. So in order to have a very strong intuitive foundational base, I think we have to be willing to look into the fantastical, into the illusionary, into even the deceptive, not deceptive as in like lies and bad, but the deceptive as in like the dream, like the subconscious, the ethereal, the liminal, the mythical, the fantastical. Because when we look at those and we're able to find things to take and use to transform us, that is what magic is all about in my opinion and my glam magic is no different that's why i love this card because in my opinion i don't think we can have a magical practice that is only in connection to uh relatable to easily understood to linear rational narratives i think we have to have space for the fantastical for the dreamlike the ethereal the illusionary the mythical energies because that is what helps bulk out the shapes of magic and that's what helps fill in the voids that linear uh, logical narratives can't do so yeah that's why i love that card and and those are my five favorite tarot cards dear listener thank you so much you can connect with me on instagram or email and let me know your favorite tarot cards i would like to thank my wraiths patrons lisa zimmerman bobby mcdermott and deb guy thank you so much for your continued support in tan tombstones and to you dear listener take care stay warm and i will connect with you have a conversation with you in the next episode bye
Thank you for listening and for letting me into your day. If you liked this podcast and you enjoy the content of Tea and Tombstones, please like the show, rate it on iTunes, continue to listen to past and future episodes, and share with someone who would enjoy these fierce discussions. These are the best ways to show your support and it is greatly appreciated. If you would like to work with me in services of tarot guidance and spiritual allyship, please click the link in the show notes to be directed to my store and services page. Consider becoming a patron so you get an extra card every month, resources for the affirmation, and physical products that coincide with that third monthly card. Finally, come find me and say hi on Instagram. Keep howling, my wild one.